alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. And we wish you all a Ramadan Mubarak, a blessed Ramadan. Uh, if you're new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we are just, just a stone's throw, not even a stone's throw. We're just a few feet from the elevated trains downtown. We are coming to you live from the Palmer House. Um, and we want to let you know, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so by following and liking our pages on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And that's the same username you use to catch up on those uh, previous episodes that you are definitely going to be happy that you've come across wherever you get your podcast. So if that's SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And last but not least, if you would like to go beyond tweeting us or posting on our Facebook page uh, throughout the nights, throughout tonight's program, you can give us a phone call. So if you want to, you can call us at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. All right. I beat, I beat the music. Or did you just fade it? Okay, so Ibrahim faded the music out on me. Right, but I thought I beat the music. But uh, that's all well and good. But look, uh, family, we have a great discussion tonight. And it's a discussion that we probably don't think about very often. Um, well, you know what? Aside from some, uh, aside from what we would consider an anomaly with regard to uh, the the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, water is not really something that we are prone to give a whole lot of our attention to. Uh, those of us that are living within the urban centers of America, if we're living in industrialized uh, nations where you can just go to the kitchen or to the bathroom and you got indoor plumbing. Uh, it's just something we kind of just take for granted. We don't really think about everything that goes into into getting that water and the, just the, the numerous applications of water. So tonight we're having that conversation. It's all about water. And we have with us in studio someone who is qualified to help us uh, break all these, uh, break this whole conversation down. We have James Van Camp. He uh he is an innovator in the sciences associated with the treatment of water. Uh, he's a member of the uh, climate, was the, uh, I'm sorry, the Parliament of Worlds, Religions, uh, the, the Climate uh, Action climate Task Force. Action Task Force. Okay. That is, that is a heavy, heavy load there. <laughs> so the Climate Action Task Force. Um, but he has uh, quite a broad understanding of the successes and the failings of efforts to change behaviors and practices in response to the increasing reality that the Earth's climate has and is changing as a result of man's activities. And you better believe that that's going to have an impact on our water. So um, you can you can actually look at his... I, I would encourage you to go to the Parliament for World Religions uh, and look at the Climate Action Task Force, but I'm going to just give you a little bit more about him. Uh, building on his sales and marketing experience, James continues to explore new water technologies that have the potential to not only reduce damage to the climate, but are economical enough to be deployed in institutions and facilities of for-profit or non-for-profit, uh, non-profit organizations. Uh, he was raised in New Jersey, graduated from Lebanon Valley, Valley College with Greif Grayson. He relocated from New Jersey to Illinois in 1982, which means you are now just, you are just a Chicagoan. 
uh, because, you know, if you're in Illinois, you got to see you in Chicago. Yes, yes, so, I am. Uh, uh, where he felt he was called to ministry while serving McCormick Seminary and various congregations, both uh, she and James have represented the Presbyterian of Chicago on ecumenism, Metro Chicago, since its founding in 1999. But tonight, it's all about the water. So thank you for being here, James. Uh, thank, thank you, Tariq. Appreciate it. Yes. So uh, as, as I was mentioning uh, just, just at the beginning, that water is not really something that we, we generally don't pay a lot of attention to. Uh, we are used to the convenience of, of being able to turn a spigot, turn a handle, water comes out, uh, flush a toilet, water, you know, waste goes down. But there's an awful lot that goes into this, and you've got decades of experience um, with this. So let's kind of jump in first off, and uh, let's look at the, the residential side of, of water. And um, we were, as we were talking offline, you're talking about just how it's not what you would necessarily think it to be, just in terms of charges go, but, but what are some of the, the, the main steps that, that, that go into residential water? Yeah, well, the, I mean, the water that, that comes into your home, that comes out of your tap, that is what we call potable water, mm-hmm. um, you know, comes from uh, various sources depending on where you live. And uh, since we are living so close to um, one of the great uh, freshwater bodies of the world in the, in the Great Lakes, Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. we um, get our water supply from the lake. And uh, it's drawn out of the lake, it's filtered to remove uh, particulate matter, and uh, um, it's processed at, at a water treatment plant, and it's disinfected and then introduced into, into pipes and pumped out to, to your homes, um, whether you're here in the city of Chicago or, or in, in some of the suburbs uh, that, that are close enough to, to be getting Lake Michigan water. Right. And that's, you know, that's the water that comes out of, out of your tap. And, um, it, it uh, uh, as, an, as a water quality, the water quality of, of uh, Lake Michigan water is, is good water quality, a lot better than what was, for example, in, in my home uh, when I first moved uh, to Chicago, which was on a, on a well. Right. And um, it was tremendously, um, had a lot of dissolved minerals in it because it was coming from down and underground. Speaking uh, of wells, I can, I can relate to that. I lived in Salk Village for about eight years. And that was the big political football. The big argument was about what are we gonna do about our our water? We were on well water and we never drank the water. Uh, Because there was some, it was was a chemical started with a V that was um, seeping into the tanks or something like that or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, but it was, it was a, it was a it was a nightmare for, for for us. I guess you get you get used to it. You know, you, you drink you drink uh, bottled water all the time. But um, but what are some of the what's the normal filtration or, or the treatment? What's the timeline normally for that? Well, the the uh, you know we you move so much water out of, out of the lake and and that goes through the water treatment plants and and uh, the. This is all monitored, and there are uh, government uh, regulations that apply to to the water. Uh, and uh, if you uh, go to um, various websites, and if you were to Google, um, you know, water quality report, 
for the particular municipality that you live in, you, you would probably get some sort of report on what, the, what that water contains and what they're, at, what they're testing for to make sure that it meets the potable water standards that are set by the, uh, by the EPA and that are um, also managed by uh, uh, organizations such as the American Water Works Association and um, the NFS uh, organization that, uh, that approves materials of construction for pipelines and, and, and says whether a particular faucet that is in your house is suitable for, for carrying uh, drinking water. Okay. Um, so all those things take place um, before the water um, you know, gets to your house and are well managed for the most part and, and mostly by uh, municipalities. Now, those standards that are set for water, uh, for potable water quality, mm -hmm. those are national standards, right? So there's not, you can't deviate from one, from one place to the next. Right, yeah, that, that the, the, at, the, at the heart of it is, is the, the EPA, the, 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 federal, the federal. There are some, there are state um, organizations, state uh, regulations that, that may apply, um, probably based upon the water that's available in a, in a particular location. Uh, you're going to have challenges with water that comes from wells, uh, okay, because they'll have more dissolved minerals, and, and, those, mi and those minerals need to be removed in some way. So, so they, you'd have different challenges for producing good quality drinking water um, depending on where, what your water source is. Now, depending on the challenges that are pres present, does that, would that mean that it may take longer to... Uh, treat water in some locations or coming from different sources than it would in others? Yeah, uh, the, you know, the, the, the flow through a, through a plant, uh, you know, it, it must, must be maintained at, at, a, at a certain level. And you, you notice in, 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 in communities you have water tanks. You have right. big water tanks, okay, that, that, the, that are being uh, kept full in order to provide the water pressure that's necessary to, to move, it, move it through the system. And um, you know, if if those things get out of sync, then then you could have problems with supply, and, and that has occasionally happened. Uh, you know, in, in various municipalities, there might be a problem uh, that, that that occurs, and 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 that the the demand is is greater than than the supply, and people say, oh, you have to cut back. You'll hear, you know, there's watering restrictions because right. we we weren't able to. The water treat plant wasn't able to to maintain the the treatment uh, rate, the rate of flow through through the plant. That's so, necessary. So those water tanks are kept full, mm -hmm. and is there a is there a point where where they start to they, they go down, um, and then they're replenished? Is, is there a cycle for that? Or there's, there's water probably water constantly going into them. It's just some flow rate maintained to maintain. It's like a like a water tank. Um, in uh, in a in your home or something, if you have water, you have a like the float valve in right. the in the in the uh, in the toilet. Okay, has a float valve on it. Okay, and it fills mm -hmm. it up to a certain point and then it shuts off. So right. that kind of thing is happening on a larger scale uh, to maintain uh, the the proper volume for for a particular system in a municipality. Okay, now even though the water there is a national there's a national standard mm -hmm. for that water. How do you explain the differences in the, in the 
the, the quality of it with regard to, uh, as we were talking offline, I remember when I went, I took a trip to Mississippi and I, I showered and I could not get the soap off of me. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it was a, it was an awful feeling. Uh, it, no matter how much I, you know, how much I, I rinsed and rinsed and I still felt slippery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the, the source of the water, um, obviously, it gives gives different pro- gives a different property that that you, that you saw, and uh, we have Lake Michigan water. Okay, there are areas of the country, and most of them are in the in the east and in the sa- and in the southeast that that depend on surface what are called surface waters. They're called um, basically rivers. Okay, think of a, a river. Okay, it rains. The river the river flows. Okay, and and um, if you take your water from that river. It, it's closer to being rainwater than the river, the water that comes out of Lake Michigan, which is sitting on a bed of, of, of minerals, it's sitting on a, a pile of rocks, okay, mm-hmm. that line basically the, the, the lake. So, so uh, it, it dissolves the minerals that are in the, in the bed of, the, of the, uh, the storage thing, which is the lake. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you are in, we have river water, it's more corrosive. It's more. Um, it's what's called. It's softer. Okay, you use the word soft. It's soft water as opposed to hard water that would come from wells. And when when you uh, uh, when you bathe with it, you can feel the soapy. You can feel the the residue of the soap um, more easily. Uh, the, with soft water, it feels more slippery. Right. Right. Well, it certainly did. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that there are different agencies or organizations that are responsible for uh, determining standards for the materials that are used mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, for the pipes that, that will transport water. Which, what, what are some of those organizations and what are some of the things that they take into consideration in, in making those standards? Well, as I mentioned, that there's the American Water Works Association, AWWA, and, and that you could find that if you go to awwa.org. There's the NSF, the National Sanitation Foundation, NSF.org. Mm-hmm. And, and they, um, you know, there's a lot of information that you can get off of those websites. Um, the, um, the challenges that we face uh, t- today in today's world, uh, you know, are, are uh, sometimes go beyond uh, where the technology exists to help us, and, and, and filtration becomes a, a problem um, when you have uh, a lot of organic materials in the water, for example. So uh, these organizations try to try to uh, um, analyze for some substances that shouldn't be in water. Mm. Um, I don't know whether you recently saw the article about the the uh, shellfish in the in Seattle, off the coast of Seattle, and no. they're finding opioids. They're finding drugs, residues of drugs in the actual clams and, and mussels that 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 live um, in the water. What? Yeah. The, the and these are that that and you can be sure that um, that other medicaments, other other substances that are used as medicines, find their way into into the water um, and and they can be detected so you know whether whether there's an effect on the actual 
um, uh, the, the the muscle or the clam right. based upon the the chemicals that the pharmaceutical chemicals that it may be uh, absorbing um, is is a question, and the, and 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 those things were not removed. Obviously, they were not removed by the waste treatment plants that were uh, in in operation um, in, in that locale. Uh, and and those are harder and harder to uh, remove, and are you know create challenges for water treatment in the future. I would think. You know, I didn't see that particular article, but I do remember um, not too long ago where there was a PSA. It was a recurring PSA. It was about proper disposal of medication, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was basically to the point of not not uh disposing disposing of them in the toilet you know not flushing them down the drain so would you say that 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 yes, is really that could what contrib- we're yeah at? that that would be um a con- contributing to that if if you if you have um pharmaceutical uh materials uh you don't want them to to get into the water supply if if if, if you don't have to if they could be disposed of as a solid uh, solid waste in in the in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's a much better thing than than uh, rinsing them down the drain. Right. So, so as as um, as pharmaceutical technology um, advances, that's all, that also puts a a requirement that testing also advance as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- these are, I mean these are, these are found at very very low levels, but the fact that they can be found at all, right. um, you know, is, uh, is, is cause for at least further investigation to see if there is, um, you know, a problem created by that, the, the fact that these uh, substances are, are being found in the water. Right. Now, do all or is testing done on a municipality uh, an individual basis, municipality by municipality, or state by state, county by county. Uh, how how is that done? Yeah. Uh, as far it, as regularity yeah. is concerned. Yeah, oh, each each um, municipal water plant, each each water plant is going to have um, a testing protocol, and um, you know they they even uh, you can find those uh, that information o- online for the particular municipality that you live in. There are. Uh, routinely published uh, water analyses, and it, it's a bunch of charts and a bunch of scientific data, uh, but but it is there and it is done on a regular basis mm. in, in order to to uh, provide uh, good quality water and to assure the 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 users of that water that that everything is being done to to protect to protect the water. So with organizations like. Um, uh, which, which was it? The the American Water Works. Yeah. Uh, with or the with NSF. Org- mm-hmm. yeah or NSF. Mm-hmm. How do we get into a situation like Flint? How does something like that come up where there's supposed to be regular testing? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's supposed to be um, uh, there's supposed to be parameters on what materials are being used to transport water. How how does something like that happen? Well, you know that uh, when when that occurred, um, you know the folks that are in the business of water treatment were were scratching their heads because um, 
uh, we we train all, all of our professional water treatment people in in uh, in the in this in the business to evaluate to test the water to see what the water properties are so that you know what the water treatment protocol needs to be right. and there's a um, a test method that requires you to measure three or four uh, parameters uh, very simply done and some of it's done with a you know, with something like a little test strip, I'm and I'm holding up here in, in my hand that that, that will 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 tell you, will give you a number, okay? And there's a website that you can go to, and you you plug these numbers in to to the to the boxes and push a button, and it tells you this water is corrosive, okay, or this water is scaling. It gives you a value for that. So so if anyone in Flint, Michigan um, had had consulted with a water treatment expert, they would have said, well, we're going to test for this, the A, B, C, and D. We're going to plug it into this little calculator, and it's going to tell us, and it, would tell, it would, have, would tell you that the water is corrosive, which means that if it comes in contact with, with metal pipes that contain the element lead, that it's going to dissolve the lead, okay? Whereas the lake water that had been previously used, okay, mm -hmm. would not dissolve the lead, okay? In fact, it would be likely to put a, a basically a, a mineral coating on the inside of the pipes eventually, okay, mm -hmm. a little by little. Yeah. It, you would get some de deposition of some of the minerals that are dissolved in, in Lake, lake Michigan water on the inside of pipes. And if you were to, if you were to cut a pipe open here probably in this building or in, in a home here uh, in Illinois, you would you'd see a, a white layer on the inside of the pipe, which is some of the minerals that, which would protect the water from touching the metal, which contains lead. Oh, wow. So, so that, that, as I said, everybody that's, that's a professional in the business of water treatment could have told the people in Flint, the managers or whoever in, in Flint, Michigan, that the water was going to corrode the pipes. Mm. And, so it was, and they, they simply, didn't do that. Yeah, they just they, they refu either refused to do that, or they were ignorant, or uh, you know. Uh, so, um, it, so any, anyone that's 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 questioning questioning um, the possibility can can very simply have their have their water tested. It's not a difficult test to do, and um, uh, you know you could tell whether water is is corrosive or scaling. Mm. Um, based upon a very few, few measurements. Well, you know, and that, that has changed. Uh, I know I opened up with the, the statement that water is really not, it's not something that we think about often, but for Lent, situations like that, um, it may be on more people's minds now. And I think there's a push for, there's a push for more interest in home filtration, uh, there's mm. a, uh, there's a push for, for people to be more active and, and more uh, to have a, a greater role in the purity of their water. Mm -hmm. So and, yeah, that and and there are there are companies that are uh, that supply home water solutions that that you know we talked about these organic the pharmaceutical chemicals okay that you know or or we call them organic chemicals okay. that um, that could be in, in 
in trace amounts in, in, in water. Well, if you use a carbon filter, there are filters that you can put in, in line in your home, at your home, that would filter out. And that filters that you were talking about, taste and odor, okay? Right. The, those compounds that give taste and odor and are organic in nature will be absorbed by carbon, okay, and a carbon filter. So that's, you know, that's a very simple thing. It's just a, mm. a block of, you know, a block of carbon, basically, that you're filtering the water through. You know, uh, beyond that, uh, there are, um, uh, you know, home purification. You can purify the water even further. You could, you could make pure water, which is what's called reverse osmosis, RO. Yeah. An RO system will give you pure water. And, and people sometimes put those in their homes to use the water for making coffee because, because it doesn't scale up their coffee maker. They, they may, you know, use it for cooking because it doesn't um, uh, deposit um, minerals on their cookware. Oh, um, so the reverse osmosis, it, it strips all of the takes minerals? everything, yeah, everything to a very, very low level um, out of the water. And that's those, and, and that is done with a, with a membrane, okay? It's, it, there's a membrane that, it, that allows water to pass only water molecules pass through the membrane, right. okay? And more and more, those, like if, if you're uh, uh, operating a plant that's near the ocean, mm -hmm. okay, you may need some of those because, you, because salt is one of the most difficult things to take out of water, and they can only be taken out by using reverse osmosis for the most part. And that's what the, the naval... Um uh, those ships, they, they have those on, on board. Too. Yeah, yeah, and and, and 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 that's the water that must go into into a boiler that's that's powering the the uh, the, the boat, and which is another big another big use of water is in, in the production of power. Any any power plant mm -hmm. uses water in tremendous quantities, whether it's a nuclear power plant, whether it's a coal fired plant, whether it's a gas fired, because at the heart of um, most power plants is a turbine okay right. and the turbine spins the turbine turns and, and generates electric power because steam is pushed through the, the turbine so you boil water to make steam the steam pushes the turbine around mm -hmm. and then you can you collect the steam and and hopefully recycle it um, but at the same time you have to uh, have to treat it uh, and and the best way to to get pure, the purest water is is reverse osmosis water. Hmm. Okay. Look, um, I've got a question. You know, we need to take a break, but when we come back, I've got to ask this uh, this question about fluoride uh, because we have fluoride fluoride in the water. I've heard different things about it, so I want to get your expert opinion on this. Okay. When we come back. All right. All right, Radio Slam family, you are listening to Radio Slam, obviously on WCV fourteen fifty AM. We'll be back in just a minute. The Syrian Community Network, with offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. 
the Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Kalameen. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. Remember, you can like and follow and keep up with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you like our pages. Uh, and you can also catch up on those episodes that you've missed, share them, uh, and you will find us wherever you get your podcasts at Radio Islam USA. We are having a very interesting conversation about water with James Van Kemp. Uh, he is an expert in the field. And before we went to break, I said I would ask the question about fluoride because I've always wondered what was the, the purpose. I've heard some, some different things, but I said, let's go ahead and let's put this to, to the expert. Uh, what purpose does fluoride serve in water treatment? Well, the... Um the, the, the original reason for putting fluoride into water was to um, help with uh, prevention of tooth decay. 
Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, you know, you can buy toothpastes that have also have fluoride in them. And when uh, the tr- the trace amounts of fluoride, okay, that might be in in water, um, uh, react with calcium, they form a very stable, hard salt, okay, a compound calcium, okay, which which strengthens the the teeth and and pre- and prevents the um, tooth decay, and adds you know so it's uh, and I know that there have been you know, people that are opposed to that, but I don't believe that the science supports um, uh, the, some of the some of the the, the rumors that that people have uh, circulated about the some deleterious effect of, of fluoride in the water. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed you said trace amounts, right? So we're talking yeah, very small amounts. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. it's the, the chemistry of, fluor, of fluorine. Fluorine is a member of the halogen, uh, what we call the halogen family, okay? So it's related to things like chlorine, right. okay, and chloride. And, and in fact, salt is sodium chloride, mm-hmm. okay? So this is just a, uh, it's a member of this, sort of a member of the same family, Okay, right. and it reacts uh, as a chemical in, in similar ways to to chloride, which is ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, it's you know, uh, it's, it's in the oceans. It's 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 the hardest one of the hardest things to remove from water. If you don't want salty water, you're going to have to, as I said before, you're probably going to have to use something like reverse osmosis to remove all the salt. Right, right, right. Okay, well. Speaking, um, just kind of going down this road of the uh, this growing awareness, even though there are some who are contesting uh, the science that tells us we need to be mindful of human beings' impact on the planet. Um, what are some of the things that that, that you have that you have witnessed uh, regarding maybe commercial usage of water and? Uh, maybe lack of responsibility, and, may, and and if you can give us an instance where it's been the opposite, where we have uh, corporations who are being res- who are being responsible stewards of, of this natural resource. Yeah, the um, you know we we've seen over the years that that you know different uh, large u- large users of water, um, users of large amounts of water, um, tend to devalue the water, and and that. Um, when when faced with the prospect of of saving water mm-hmm. uh, and and essentially incurring a cost in order to save the water, they'll say, well, we really don't pay a lot for the water. All it really costs us for the water that we use in in our industrial facility is the power that pumps it, you know, and and the 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 filter that filters out the sediment. And the disinfection that we put in it, the the, the chlorine or or, or uh, other disinfectant that we we add to the water to make it useful for our purposes, and so um, they they devalue the water to the point where they they don't care if they waste it, and um, with with uh, with the climate change, uh, some of the effects of climate change have to do with certain parts of the country becoming more desertified, being more like deserts, okay? So water um, is becoming scarcer in those areas, and, 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 and industries need to uh, be, be cognizant of that because they are the largest users. And, and uh, in many places, 
uh, large industries sort of provide what they call a base load for the wastewater treatment that, you know, if a large uh, user of water is present in a, in a community, they're going to be counted on to discharge a huge volume of water every day. And, uh, and the residential users in that same geography, um, uh, you know, are you know, essentially subsidized by the fact that there's a large industry using a large amount of water that, that's, that's present. But they need to be um, uh, good stewards of, mm -hmm. of the water. Uh, um, there are organizations uh, that have uh, sustainability basically a department, uh, you know, uh, that has to do with sustainability and they're um, working to use, um, use less water, to use, to use more recycling, to uh, be more careful with the water that they use, um, and to, um, you know, also encourage their, their customers to, to save water as well. Um, you know, so we occasionally go down to, to Arizona uh, for vacations and so forth. And, and um, you know, Arizona is, I mean, you know, places like Phoenix and so forth are basically deserts. They are desert terrain. Um, and uh, in those locales, they, they encourage the use, they don't plant lawn here. Don't come down to Phoenix and, and try to to grow grass, okay, because it, because it takes a lot of water. So yeah. they they subs, you know they essentially are encouraging one way or another, um, encouraging people to to plant desert gardens, you know, with plants that grow in the desert that don't need water. To that to that point, mentioning Arizona, um, our conversation offline, looking at the the cost of water. This would, I know I was surprised, so I'm sure other people would be surprised as well, that the cost of water, if you to ask somebody, where, would, where do you expect that you would spend more on your water bill? Would it be a place like Phoenix, Arizona, or would it be in, in, in California? Well, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, and, and, you know, as, as uh, we live, we're living right next to, to Lake Michigan. Yeah, or okay. Chicago. And, yeah. and uh, I came across a chart uh, on an online uh, online site that uh, that showed the costs of water for various um, cities uh, around the co the country, right. and um, it turned out that the city of Phoenix, Arizona, pays less for water than we pay for water here in Chicago, mm. and. Uh, and you say, how how can how can that be? It's it's as I say, it's it's like a desert. So they pay. Um, I, I've got the chart in front of me here. In in Chicago, the typical monthly uh, average monthly bill for water in Chicago is seventy eight dollars, and in Phoenix, it's fifty nine dollars. Go figure. Okay, and in San Francisco. It's two hundred and thirty-eight dollars in San Francisco. Last time I checked, is next to an ocean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, the, the, so that the um, and and there's another uh, website called Drought.gov. Mm -hmm. Okay, that has that has a map and it shows you know for the, every uh, every few months they the map changes and the red areas on the map are the places where drought exists. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if you 
you know, if you were to look closely at that, you would see that that Arizona's right there in that red zone, uh, but uh, uh, the area around the Great Lakes where we live, um, there there are no no indicators of drought. So the so that says to me that, that that water is being devalued. That the actual the cost of the water. Right. Okay, I mean, if you ask somebody, well, what does it cost for water? Well, they say it costs because you have to have the pumps and the pipes and the filtration. You have to have all these these systems in place. But the water itself is not valued, you know, in the way you could, would typically think of a supply and demand. You know, something that's plentiful, i.e., near Lake Michigan, right. you know, you'd think would be less costly, okay, than something that is scarce in in a desert. Um, a desert zone uh, in in in, the, in Arizona, for example. So, uh, and and that that's a hard thing to um, to 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 level eye. You know, it's it's hard to level that out across all the geographies and and the locations and the water supplies that are available. But there should we should start thinking uh, about the the cost of the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 how you can um, uh, maintain the water if you if if you're not going to value it, because it's going to get what harder about, to treat. It's going to be, what, you know. Yeah, but what about um, the idea of devalue, devaluing the water in certain, I guess in general, but then I've also seen where there have been bans on people using rainwater barrels. Uh, yeah, they said in, in certain municipalities that that's you can get fined for doing that. What what's the logic behind? Or do you have a do you have a take on I'm, that? I'm, I, yeah, I'm I, I'm not so sure. I I, I did I, I for, for a while I, I thought that, that maybe our municipality had a, had a problem with that, but I but I checked and and they don't that that that, that I can ha, I can essentially you know collect the um, the rainwater and and uh, use it to irrigate, you know, to to water my plants, right. you know, and uh, you know I'm, you know, I haven't studied it that closely to know why um, certain locales are saying that you should not gather the the water. Yeah. In in uh, I remember being in, I think it's Bermuda. Okay, mm-hmm. all the roofs are painted white. The water's painted white because the water that falls on the roof goes to the gutter and goes to a drain and is collected in a cistern below the house. Okay, okay so you get your water from the rain that falls on the top of the of the house, and wow. <laughs> that's you know. So they are definitely <laughs> collecting rainwater um, because they're an island uh, um, in the middle of the ocean, and um, the wells are not that. Uh, you know, have a lot of salinity, have a lot of salt water in them. It's hard to get uh, water uh, in, in an island nation like that where you're surrounded with salt water that doesn't have a high salt content. So they collect rainwater mm. as, as a general rule um, to provide not only irrigate, irrigating water, but uh, to provide drinking water in some so do they do they go through a filtration process yeah they, they yeah there are there are home filters and and uh, I mean it, you know the, depending on where you are um, uh, we used to have a, a system at our home in New Jersey uh, where we had water that came from the Delaware River and we would have to add 
um, alkalinity to that water so that it wouldn't wouldn't you wouldn't get uh, green stains on your porcelain because it would dissolve the copper pipe. Okay, that's if you have if you see green. That's what that is. Yeah, if you see green on on porcelain from the water, that means that your the water is like acting like an acid. It's more acidic and it's dissolving the copper and the copper salts are are blue green, and that's and it stains the porcelain. And if it's doing that to porcelain. Oh, what's it gonna do to your insides? Well, I mean, yeah, you you would you would by, by drinking that water you would ingest a certain amount of copper. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but 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 and which is why you you buffer. It's we it's called buffering, and from a chemical point of view, it's, you know you essentially just add a little bit of um, alkali to to the uh, mostly acidic water to neutralize. And so that it doesn't dissolve the copper. Okay. Uh, so, what are some of the home filtration uh, systems or methods that you would recommend? Well, you know, the um, uh, you know, un unless unless you're having problems with your municipal water supply, right, um, or or unless you have a specific need for very high purity purity water, um, it's. Uh, you know, something like something is like an, a reverse osmosis system it, um, it is one of the things, as I said, and, and also the carbon filter. If you're worried okay, about right, the, right. you know organic contaminants, and that's a very simple, uh, an or, a, a carbon filter is a very simple thing. People have and people that have wells use use water softeners. You know, water softeners have their own um, uh, challenges because you use salt. Mm -hmm. In order to regenerate, it's it's, a, it's, an, it's called an ion exchange system. That's what that's what that's what a softener is, and uh, you regenerate the um, the ion exchange system by using salt, and salt goes down the drain as a result of that. So you know um, if if you have hundreds of if you can imagine you know 50 pound bags of salt, mm -hmm. um, that's you know every bag you Every bag you buy, okay, is going into the water supply. Okay, right. is going downstream, and as I said before, that the sodium that that salt, okay, sodium chloride is one of the hardest things to remove. So that's going to gradually increase, okay. And it's the same thing that happens with with uh, climate change and where salt water is migrating. You know, as the salt as the sea level rises. The water will come into freshwater estuary, come into freshwater area, and add salt to those what had been freshwater uh, areas um, near the coasts and near the bays that discharge into the ocean. And the further, uh, the higher the the salt water level uh, in the sea, the further up into that uh, freshwater supply. Um, the salt will go, and and then it becomes very expensive to remove, and and in, uh, in places like Saudi Arabia, they mm -hmm. don't do anything except reverse osmosis. They they, oh, they, they have huge um, reverse osmosis plants because that's because all they have is salt water right. to to get drinking water. So they have to remove all the salt from the you know from seawater mm -hmm. in order to in order to be able to drink it. I wonder what those water bills look like. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's a um, tremendous energy cost. It's it's energy, it's energy that's being used to, to, uh, to, uh, to to create that purity that you you're looking for in, in drinking water. So you mentioned that the, uh, it seems that the cost, the water has devalued itself, uh, in in general, uh, that the monetary value seems to be in the treatment of the uh, of the water the the treatment of the i'm sorry the waste treatment is is would that be a correct assessment or is that negating the the um the resources necessary to filter it before it's pumped out and gets to the home the the because I'm, I'm talking about you, you mentioned that um they set the base uh, level right. and you got the yeah, larger base loading for yeah. large yeah system yeah. the the not sure uh, what the uh, what the answer to, to, to that should be the um, the cost to treat the you know sewage okay sewer treatments you know is is an is an sort of entirely different chemistry and water treatment than than water prep, what we call water, you know, water treatment to, to prep, prep, prep the water. But depending on where you are, you know, if you're on a river, okay, that the the people that are downstream, the city that's downstream of your city, mm-hmm. okay, gets the wastewater from your city, okay. So I, you know, I take the water out of a river, I put it through my municipality, it goes through the wastewater treatment system, and it goes back into the river. Right. Okay, so the people that are downstream from there um, are, you know, taking some of what had been wastewater and making it into into drinking water, and and depending on so that that's why that there have to be uh, good regulations on especially on water on wastewater treatment, and especially um, you know while municipalities have their challenges from just residential users. You know, the industrial users. You know, if they're discharging water separately from from a, have their own waste treatment plants, and they're not removing all the the nasty things that they may possibly have in their industrial water, yeah. then that creates a problem. So that's, that's a bigger workload for the municipality. Yeah, that's that's down downstream downstream of there. We you get yeah. certainly, and some people will. Uh, you know, have um, sued uh, industries that are that are polluting. Um, you know, uh, to to recover the cost of of excessive treatment be, to remove the toxic materials that were discharged by some accident. There was a, I think, in in uh, near some there was some coal ash retention some uh, retention area mm-hmm. that got flooded and f- and it flushed all of the toxic ash from the coal mine into a water supply and that uh, you know that's an unexpected you don't expect to see those contaminants in the water to begin with and now you have to come up with an entirely new treatment protocol in order to remove the substances that have been um, discharged um, by accident or by poor poor practices or by deliberate wastefulness and, and deliberately poor practices but the size the size of the body of, of water when, when it is when that water is going back into a, a river mm-hmm. uh, the size of that river and the amount of um, of waste 
that's being dumped back into it. That has to be factored out, right? Because if um, if there's too much waste, then that water becomes unfit for people to to, to, to swim in, or mm-hmm. it, it no mm-hmm. longer becomes a resource, uh, you know, for you know for the people. Right. Yeah. The the, the uh, that if you if you can't if you can't treat it, um, you know, and you don't have the technology to treat the water, and and, and the water is uh, is contains toxic materials whatever whatever the source of them then you're going to um, create problems you're, right. going to, you're going to have problems associated um, with, with with that and and we we know of some of these things these things have happened uh, over over the years and people have become smarter about things and we we've eliminated certain chemicals from um, from use in, and 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 they are important. It's important to have regulations. At one time, at one time, um, th- there are certain chemical compounds that c- contain chrome. Okay, and chrome is a wonderful. Uh, you know, these salts of, of chrome are wonderful corrosion inhibitors. They mm-hmm. are. They prevent corrosion of metals, but they're toxic. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and so people that used to be able to use chrome. Right. Uh, chrome salts as corrosion inhibitors can no longer do that, and they have been they have been phased they have been phased out little little by little over time, and, and prohibited by by federal and state regulations. Uh, so those things need to, you know, as new as new toxic materials are discovered, mm-hmm. um, they need you know the removal of them needs to be considered. Absolutely. Well, uh, James. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, water is an extensive subject. We didn't get to talk about fracking. We didn't get to talk. About, I mean, there's a lot more to talk about. There's different u- different uses, but we definitely appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> All right, Radio Sound family. Our guest has been James Mancamp. He is a member of the Parliament of World Religions Climate Action Task, For- Task Force. Uh, thanks for joining in. We thank our engineer over at WCEV. Ramon, thank you very much. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. All right, that being said, good people, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Look forward to joining you again tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.